The New Age Christianity Podcast is brought to you by... Hello, New Age Christian family. This is Austin Fletcher. You are listening to the New Age Christian Podcast, and this is episode number 58. So with the holidays approaching, or more specifically Christmas approaching, today we're going to talk about the value of feasting, or the value of having a good time and a a party. And it's maybe more scriptural than you realize. It's certainly something that was a big deal in uh, the Jewish culture from the Bible. And it's been a big deal for most cultures throughout the ages. It's something that I think here in America and in Western culture, we have been under training, if you will, by society to uh, tell us that we should be ashamed of having a good time and eating a bunch of food and buying a bunch of presents and the consumerism. And maybe there's some truth to it, and maybe there's some deeper things that uh, we can learn about what God values and what the human experience needs out of life. So, as always, let's have a good time and talk about feasting. Well, Merry Christmas to uh, all of you New Age Christians out there, or Happy Holidays, if you will. This is uh, I'm recording this on December 7th, so Christmas isn't quite here, but uh, Halloween and Thanksgiving have already passed, and uh, I've been doing, I'm not usually so on the nose with some of these episodes about, you know, um, current events or holidays or whatever, you know, it's kind of one of those things when I was in the church world. And every Christmas we came around and talked about the Christmas story, everything like that. It it eventually got kind of like, yep, heard this, heard this sermon before. And every as a pastor, and I know so many pastors out there who like rack their brains <laughs> to try to find like, okay, what's a new way that I can talk about the nativity scene one more time? <laughs> Especially those guys who've been around for 20, 30 years at the same church. And you, you've probably heard that message four or five times because there's only so many ways to talk about this story. So um, I actually like the happy holidays concept in the, and I think it was in the Halloween episode where I kind of framed the cycle or the, the feng shui of the holidays and how they progress from Halloween into Thanksgiving into Christmas and then even to New Year's. And, uh, you know, if you have not heard those episodes, by all means, go back and listen to them. I'm actually going to episode. <laughs> I'm going to reference episode number five uh, quite a few times or quite a bit today, um, where the the real truth behind tithing, as far as uh, biblical sense, because right out of the gate, feasting uh, was a big part of the tithing concept in the Old Testament. So it, there's you know the uh, the reciprocity. Uh, discussions that were had in episode five, I think they go beyond what we're going to talk about today. So if you've not listened to that episode, I promise how I talk about tithing and giving is not how you've heard it in most places. So maybe you'll find it refreshing. If you've not listened to that episode, maybe you skipped over it because you saw the word tithing. (laughs) I think I probably would. 
Um, but hopefully, you know, if you haven't listened to it, go check it out. And uh, hopefully you will find maybe a refreshing perspective of giving and all of those things that, uh, you know, we've largely been beat over the head with, especially those of us who grew up in church. And even, you know, just those of us who haven't, uh, I think most of us, <laughs> one of our primary interactions with Christianity or any religion has been the the call for money and giving. And, and it's really just a bass backwards way of presenting it in most, most cases. So anyway, go check it out. So today, feasting and the role that feasting plays in the human experience, I think is something that our culture has done a pretty dang good job of making, you know, the Western, the Western human, anyways, uh, feel really bad for how blessed we are. And I think the consumerism and the waste and the abuse of the planet and, you know, all of this stuff, it all is extremely valid. So if, if consumer, you know, anti-consumerism or conserving, you know, conservation of natural resources, of those things are important to you, this episode is not about saying that that stuff's not important. It is about trying to frame the truth of those things with the reality that feasting and celebration it's an integral part of the human experience and the human need for experience. Um, if you've listened much to these episodes, you know that I have largely boiled down in the meaning of life to experience, that the whole point of living is to live, that the whole point of living is to experience joy and sadness and the emotions of of the gamut that, that life has to give. And that is us, it is us being the physical representation of God inside of time and space as a unique expression of God itself, and that God is never experienced being the way that he has experienced it as you, or the way that she has experienced it as you. And so the point of life is to live. And feasting and celebrating and commemorating special events is by all means a massive part of that. And I think some of us, you know, you might be listening to this saying, well, duh, Austin. I mean, I love Christmas. I love birthdays. I love Thanksgiving. But there's a lot of people that I think more and more and more are developing kind of a, a Scrooge-ish humbug out, outlook of, of these seasons because they have been largely commercialized. They have been largely abused and turned into... Uh, just more opportunities for keeping up with the Joneses and for companies to try to, you know, Black Friday is not a, it, it's a double entendre almost because it is, it is a, it's a day that you see some of the worst behavior in humans, but it's also the day that, you know, most businesses go from, they're going to lose money for the year. And then they end up, that's the, that's the day that they, you know, their numbers go into the black where they're going to be profitable, you know? So that's, that's, it's sad that Thanksgiving has been become synonymous with consumerism and Christmas has become synonymous with stress and whether or not you got the best gift for your nephew or your brother or your sister or your parents. And it's so much more than that. So I'm going to do what I can to kind of bring it back down to a better framework to acknowledge the truth of those things, but to also acknowledge, like for me, my own journey and my own relationship with Christmas and the holidays really, really um, took a, a different path when I began to study tithing and some of those things that uh, are, are shared in episode number five that we'll talk about today. So in this season of decadence and waste and consumerism, you know, how, 
how can you kind of be woke and realize, okay, yeah, maybe just having the latest things and, you know, like a lot of people don't realize that lithium, the, the most of our modern batteries run on lithium and lithium is extremely hazardous to mine from the earth and the lithium mines around the world are not unlimited. That's if you pay attention to, you know, companies like Tesla, or whatever, one of their biggest concerns is whether or not they'll be able to maintain the supply and demand chain, the supply chain of lithium for their battery driven cars and stuff like that. So this is just one example of like, do you really need the newest, baddest cell phone when your current cell phone works fine? And that's the consumerism question that I think is valid and worth if you're woke, it's worth asking, do I need, do I really need another coffee mug? Do I really need another shirt? Do I really need, you know, where, where do these things come from? This shirt that I'm wearing or this hat that I, that I have on my head right now, was it made in a sweatshop? Was it, was it made by a jacked up supply chain where the cotton in the shirt was from a slave encampment? I don't know. Like there are real questions around that. And I think they're valuable, so I want to be woke. But I also don't want Christmas to come and go and be an asshole to everybody all week because I'm so judgmental and so so much better than everybody else that I can't just relax and enjoy some eggnog, right? So how do you be woke and at the same time be fun to be around? <laughs> because being woke in our society right now is kind of not fun to be around because people literally like, oh my gosh, there's, here's another... I, I'm one of those people. Like I tell people, you know, I, I'll go off about whether it's genetically modified foods or supply chain abuses and, you know, stuff in China and the financial world and how bankers are this and politicians are that. Like there's not a subject that you can come across that I haven't, you know, a major subject anyways, that I haven't at least done some research to be able to poke holes and, and be a, a downer. And I have people in my life, guys that I work with and stuff that I'll start going off on something. They'll be like, oh my gosh, here we go again, right? I don't do that around the holidays. And I've consciously chosen to flip a switch to go from, yes, I shop and I live my life more aware of what's happening. But when it comes time to being with my friends or with my family, I intentionally focus on something different. I'm going to do my best to kind of impart that to you in this episode is yes, we've been trained. We've, you know, and this, I hope this community is filled with people who are more woke, who are responsible consumers and so on and so forth. But you know, the perspective of what is wrong with the world has to be measured with what's, what's right What's the beautiful thing? You know, one of the one of my favorite things about this season is that for about two weeks now, it used to be longer, um, and the consumerism has started to destroy it a bit. But for about two weeks in humanity around the planet, there seems to be a, gen- a general generosity and a kindness and a softness to how people behave in traffic, at the grocery store, how they hold doors open for each other, they. They say nicer things when they're checking out at a, at a, and at a cashier. And there's just a, a general energy in humanity that is nicer. And, and kind of the reason for the season kind of starts, still works through for a lot of people. So a lot of people like myself notice that. And, they, and, and it's easy to kind of let your 
wokeness for the rest of the year for, you know, 50 weeks out of the year, it's, you know, pushing into all of these things. And it's easy to let that ruin the opportunity and the beauty of what shows up for just a little bit. It's easy to get grumpy. It's easy to get, you know, begrudged the fact that humans should be like this all the time. Why does it just have to be once? Well, look, it is what it is. We should be like that all the time. Absolutely. But we have to get somewhere. And if, and if you're one of the people making Christmas miserable, then you're, you're just continuing the, the misery for 52 weeks out of the year. You're not even being part of the solution. So step into a different role, flip the switch and enjoy the season. And so with the Old Testament, um, this, this kind of was what really changed my perspective is what set me on a whole, whole different path was when I found out that the Old Testament and tithing, there was, it wasn't just 10%. You've probably been, you've been told from a lot of people, religious people that it's, you know, give 10% of your income to the church. Well, in Jewish culture, it was actually closer to 33%, um, 33 and a third, I think, or something like that. Um, and it was a lot more complicated than just 10% to the church. But the point I'm bringing it up here is that 10% of your income uh, was for the church, 10% was for uh, in laying aside an inheritance for your family, and 10% of your income was for feasting, specifically for the specific feasts that the church, that the Jewish people celebrated. Remember, they, they were a theocracy, so it was a law that they celebrate certain holidays. So can you imagine living in a country where you have to celebrate Christmas and Easter and Thanksgiving, right? And there are other, you know, so the Jews had three major feasts and then they had uh, four, if you will, minor feasts, seven total. And imagine if you had to celebrate the three in a particular way and then the others were more, a little bit more optional, but the still social, you know, like our holidays today, there was kind of a social expectation. And so it was not a small thing. It was essentially their tax system. Their tithing system was their tax system. So if you look at kind of the modern tax levels, uh, if you added giving, church giving, into the tax system, we're closer to like 50% now. It's getting ridiculous. But imagine if a third of your income was to keep the government going and and one third of that, so 10% of your total income, was about celebrating these special spiritual religious holidays. And in their case, it was Passover, uh, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and the Feast of the Ingathering. So you have these elements inside the Jewish culture that were, by law, you set aside money to have a party. Now, yes, there was a massive part inside of it for this culture where it wasn't just a party for the sake of getting drunk and eating a lot of food. There was always an intention attached to the particular party, right? So, and we've, this is not strange for us either. You know, there's a birthday party or Thanksgiving, which is, you know, that has the intention of thanks or the intention of celebrating Jesus's birth or Jesus's death or, you know, mem- uh, memorializing soldiers or whatever. We have these, these holidays that have an intention tied to them, but let's be honest, how often do we just, we view the holidays and the, and our intention is to take a break from work, right? Our intention is, I, <laughs> I love Christmas because I don't have to work for Christmas to New Year's. I got a whole week off, right? And that's your intention. 
you know, I'll raise my hand. I was one of those for a long time, especially around some of the more minor holidays where if I got time off or if I, it was like, you know, Halloween's about candy as, as opposed to, uh, you know, harvest. Uh, Thanksgiving is about food as opposed to gratitude and Christmas is about presents as opposed to understanding, you know, the reason for the season and Easter is about hunting Easter eggs and having, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. You get the point. Feasting was a huge part of the Jewish culture, not just because it was a party and God valued that party, but it was also, there was intention tied to it. So this year, when you're gathering with your family, and you might be surprised, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do an episode next week on my newfound, not newfound, it's just my new intention for Christmas this year, and it will probably stick around permanently, but uh, it is actually not to celebrate Jesus's birth, which, you know, if you look at it historically, it's not at all a question, you know, uh, being argued that that's when he was born. Um, it's actually more about his death. And I'll explain it more in, in the next episode. But uh, the stars and the constellations, and, and if you know anything about New Age Christianity, it's mostly a reference to the ages and the age of Aquarius, I mean that. But uh, every year, the winter solstice, is on December 21st, right? So uh, the the different solstices, winter, uh, spring, summer, and fall solstices are always every three months on the 21st. So December 21st is the winter solstice, and it's the longest day of the year in the Northern Hemisphere, right? In the Southern Hemisphere, it's the, sorry, it's the shortest day of the year uh, of light in the Northern Hemisphere, and the, and the Southern Hemisphere is the longest day of the year. And when you calculate. So when the sun goes to the uh, December 21st to the, to the winter solstice, it then begins to come back down towards the equator. But for three days, the sun uh, looks like it's stopping and it's, and it's set in the sky at the same spot every morning and every night when you wake up and go to bed it, or when, you know, at dusk, it always comes up and goes down in the same spot for three days. And then it begins to start moving back south towards the equator. And so if you calculate three days, you get the morning of the 25th, you wake up and the sun has started to move and it is rising again. So if you know anything about Jesus, he was dead and buried for three days and and then he rose again. And so the winter solstice and the signs in the stars are actually a, a historically ancient wise, a reference towards the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And then on the December 25th, you're actually celebrating the rising of the sun. And that a new uh, a new year has begun. Um, historically, there were cultures where the new year was on December 25th. And you start to get into concepts of celebrating the, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus at the same time that we now celebrate his birth. Which I've, I'm, again, on next week's episode, I'm going to kind of share some of my thoughts as to why I think it has been uh, manipulated throughout history to be this. And we celebrate his death, burial, and resurrection in, in spring, in Easter, which is, you know, in some ways it has its own 
elements of truth, but um, the I believe it's that's that's kind of a I don't know. It's a misrepresentation of the gospel. It's a misrepresentation of uh, Christ and the human experience and the redemptive process to celebrate Easter in spring. And again, this is not to be Mr. Bah Humbug, right? I'm doing an episode about the point of feasting, and I'm here telling you that I'm changing my intent, not so that I can sit around the table and ruin everybody's Christmas who wants to celebrate the birth of Jesus. I'm not going to say anything to people who don't have an interest in knowing a little bit more about these things. But for those who do care in my life, who want to know that what I, you know, I carry a teacher's gift, I carry this information, it's something that I've been passionate about my whole life, and so... You know, and you might be very much looking forward to the next week's episode because I've been talking about this. But regardless, whether you celebrate with me the intention of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus this year, or whether you celebrate the birth of Jesus, or whether you celebrate something else, like again, it is the intention. So if you're if you've set aside money for this season, most people set aside money for gifts. But have you ever thought about what in the world? kind of party would it be for the Jews to set aside 10% of their income for these parties, right? So let's say, you know, keeping the math simple, you make 100000 a year, $10,000 a year spent on three parties. So are you spending three grand on Christmas? And by the way, gifts and giving was not a part of that. It was the feast and the food and the drink and the, and the, festivities, it, the gifts were, were a different part of the tithe, right? So, oh yeah, I'm going to spend $3,000 on gifts. Actually, no. Have you ever thought about what it would be like to spend $3,000 on food and drinks? <laughs> you know, we, most people, again, they budget for gifts, but have you ever budgeted for the finest whiskey and Wagyu beef and lobster? And like, that is, that is more in line with what I would say the Old Testament concept, what quote unquote God's idea of feasting really looks like. Because decadence and celebration, they touch an energy that I talked about in the Thanksgiving episode of gratitude, right? They touch an energy of, now in the Thanksgiving episode, I talked about gratitude in how to create the life that you desire for the future. So how do you kind of, how do you hack, spiritually hack gratitude to create the life you want? But in this concept, I want to talk about, you know, gratitude for what this year has done for you. Gratitude for where you're at. And here's the thing, it would be, you know, so maybe you normally make 100,000 and this year you made 50. And so you're celebrating with $1,500 and, it's, and you could easily be discouraged and frustrated and and annoyed that the cost of lobster and wagyu beef like at the same time what if you touched gratitude for the fact that you still have fifty thousand dollars to spend to work with this year what if you touched gratitude for the fact that you could at least have some semblance of christmas and that so and that gratitude being directly proportionate to holy crap i'm gonna spend this much money on this party right it is it is really, and that's by the way, 
imagine spending $1,500 on Christmas, or use the $100,000 number again. So 10000 total on three major parties. So not only are you spending $3,000 on Christmas, you already spent $3,000 on Thanksgiving, right? And let's say you spend $3,000 on the 4th of July, right? So that these aren't just like, okay, once a year I spend a lot of money. No, every time we have these feasts, I sink in thousands of dollars and so much value into this feast, into this party, into this time with my family. Can you imagine the energy of that? Can you imagine the energy of sitting down multiple times a year with people in your life and you've all put in that much money to this feast? It's one thing if it's you and your, you know, you, your wife, you, your wife, and your two kids. It's a whole other thing when it's $3,000 from your family and $3,000 from your brother's family and $3,000 from your parents' family. And suddenly now you're having a $15,000 feast because you all gathered together. What on earth does that look like? I think it looks like a world that is is not that remains in contact with the idea of family that remains in contact with the idea of celebration and life that comes from within and joy and gratitude i think we have become far too stingy in the holidays when you understand energetically what that could be and what i believe the old testament intended it to be I think, yes, consumerism and waste and everything like that is, there's certainly subjects worth looking into and worth being aware of. But holy crap, a $15,000, like I just came from Thanksgiving. I have three brothers. I have, both of my parents are divorced, so I have two families. Like, can you imagine if, if, just to keep the math easy, we all got together. So there's four brothers and two other households. So there's six total households at this table, not to mention the friends that were there. So six total households at this table at three grand a pop, that's $18,000 in one celebration, which explains, by the way, why the Jews didn't just celebrate for one meal. They celebrated for like one of their fest- festivals was a couple of their festivals were for over a, or three days uh, or a week. So it's not just $18,000 at one meal. It's $18,000 over the course of a week. Can you imagine the, the things that you could do as a family, the things that you could enjoy if you valued celebration and feasting in that way? Can you imagine what you would look forward to? Can you imagine... Now, we have a whole other thing about the condemnation of diet and overeating and stuff like that. Those are all, you know, I'm, I've just started reading the book, uh, Bulletproof Diet, and it's the first diet I've ever come across. I was uh, telling a friend of mine, it, it, it reminds me of uh, how Dave Asprey goes about talking about diet and food. It reminds me of how I talk about spirituality. And so uh, if you want the most intentional uh, take on food and diet that I have ever found. And I have looked, I've struggled with weight my whole life and I have looked, uh, check out the bulletproof diet. I will eventually have, I'll do an episode on it, maybe a series of episodes. I don't know. Um, cause it's all part of the human experience. So this podcast covers all gamuts, but, uh, check out bulletproof diet. And, uh, if you can go to uh, newagechristianity.org and buy the book from there, we can get a little cut from Amazon. We appreciate it. And it will be on there, but, uh, I digress. Point being, there's a lot of things, a lot of negative energies, a lot of negative thoughts around the holidays that have just totally muddied the waters. And consumerism 
diet, overeating, family drama, all that stuff. I think we have experienced these things in large part because we have become stingy with our money. We've become, we've become, we've, we have, as a culture, we have developed a uh, poverty mentality around the holidays. We have developed a sense of lack and a sense of obligation and a sense of, oh my gosh, the holidays totally disrupt me from making more money. They totally are an inconvenience inside my budget and they cost way too much. And my kids, you know, they're never satisfied with their gifts, blah, 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 blah. And all of this stuff, while true, I think it's in large part because the energy in which we do it has fallen away from a true sense of gratitude and a true sense of feasting and a true sense of celebration and a true sense of abundance and extravagance and thank you God for putting us on a planet that can feed 7.7 billion people and still keep going. Thank you for the the intelligence that you've given humanity to be able to survive things like drought and ice ages and famine and pestilence and all of this stuff. We're still here. We're still thriving. What a blessing. And to celebrate something bigger, to celebrate something together with friends and family and it's such a level of extravagance is something that it's hard. I, I I know from my own experience, obviously, you know, this has financially been the most difficult year of, of my life, bar none. Everything, and I'm going to get, you know, my intention this year, and one of the reasons that I am looking at uh, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ is because this is largely the season of the death, burial, and resurrection of my life, where uh, you've, I've mentioned so many different ways that 2019 has been tremendously difficult, and I am viewing this as kind of the, I don't know, the the symbolic end of, of so many things and the symbolic beginning of a brand new way of being and a brand new outlook on life. And so all that to say, that's my intent, and even... I'm doing an episode on how extravagant and financially free uh, holidays should be. And even now I'm looking at my budget going, uh, maybe 20 bucks, <laughs> you know? Um, and so I get it. It's, it's not easy. It is, it can be really difficult to uh, loosen the purse strings, but if you can get out of the financial mindset for now and just touch the what if energy, what if three times, what if I spent, I did set aside 10% of my income for feasting and, and fine, throw gifts in there as well. So, you know, that, that group I meant, I mentioned for Thanksgiving, imagine $18,000 worth of, of, of partying around that table. And we, let's say we did it for three, three days together. And because we have $18,000, we decided to also add gifts into that money because whatever, fine. Throw your gifts in, throw whatever, but but imagine the energy if you dedicated that much of your income to parties, <laughs> to celebration, to being with your family. I think we would find that the nitpicky political drama, the stress and all that of the holidays would cease almost immediately and we would realize we'd put such, such a higher value 
to feasting and higher value to gathering around a table, to telling stories, to laughing. I mean, I, I just have so many pictures of like Hollywood movies in my mind where, you know, I, I, I watched the 13th Warrior recently and there's a couple scenes where these, you know, 13 Vikings are gathered around a campfire eating meat and, and they're telling jokes and they have that big Viking laugh, you know, and that just extravagant way of, 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 big energy and ha 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 ha. And it's just this kind of, that's how I picture the energy of being around a table when everyone in, around that table has put this kind of value on that time, right? As opposed to the, like the, oh my gosh, I hope Uncle Todd, <laughs> hi Todd, I love you. I hope Uncle Todd doesn't bring up something about this over here. I hope, you know, Jerry's my another brother. I hope Jerry doesn't say this, or I hope my mom doesn't say that. Or, you know, I just, I think, it's so easy to frame this time as like necessary evils when it was intended to be such a place of joy. And I think, you know, where your treasure is there, your heart is also. And when we barely put money and we barely put that, that financial energy into a holiday, I think you get the direct proportionate response out of that time, right? If you're not going to put value there, then it's not going to give you the value in return. But if you put the value there that historically has been put through most cultures, think about most, especially Eastern cultures and dancing and celebration and long parties and, and even a lot of Latin cultures, the value of a good party, the value of a good laugh and some good family time. And uh, I think it's time to remember that. And that is... You know, mixing that with my intent for this year of, you know, new beginnings and kind of uh, identif identifying more with the true timing of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus and the representation in the stars um, that we'll talk about next week. I am looking forward to this Christmas. It is a challenge, and financially speaking, um, I've kind of challenged myself, even as I record this episode, to celebrate and to find the space in my stressful, my financially stressed life to put a value that demands that I get the value out of that time, the value with my friends and family. And I hope you will consider doing the same. What is your intention? Mine is the beginning, a new beginning. Your intention could be giving. I know a lot of families have started doing that. Oh, you know, don't give me gifts instead, you know, give it here or whatever. I don't, I, I think that one kind of gives in a little bit too much to the consumerism idea and we feel bad. So don't buy me any gifts. But if it's something you just absolutely love, if you're a giver at heart and you want to give your present to somebody, then do that. It Maybe it's family. Maybe it is Jesus. Maybe it is his birth. There's nothing wrong. You don't have to. You don't have to celebrate his death, burial, and resurrection on Christmas when the whole world is celebrating his birth. By all means, you can do that. Um, and there's also philosophical or historical, good grief, philosophical or historical reasons why his birth is fine to celebrate at this point. Um, you know, it's, we, whatever. Feasting, giving, Jesus, family, rest, celebration, food. I don't care what your intention is. I encourage you to put financial value in it that you will get in return and to put intention in it beyond just, well, I get a few days off of work. I've, I was actually riding home from work 
with a coworker yesterday who was telling me that uh, the reason he wanted to, uh, we were offered time off between Christmas and New Year's, take that whole uh, seven days off. And he asked if he could work. And he shared with me yesterday that the reason he wanted to work was so that he didn't have to be with his family, right? So that he he didn't he didn't want to be with his in-laws and everything like that. So if he just stayed home and didn't go, he would look like a, you know a Scrooge. So instead, if he's you know the family man who's going to work, he would look responsible. And so, but his true motivation was he would just rather be at work, you know. So, I mean, that's I think that's pretty common for a lot of people. And if that's where you're at change your intent. I encourage you, this energy of gratitude and celebration and feasting is missing from our Western experience of being. And we have done a lot of damage with consumerism and with kind of some of those energies that have validity. But I think if we, instead of fighting, you know, what you resist persists, and so we resist this consumerism, we resist this energy, and so then we become misers, and then Christmas has no meaning, and feasting has no joy, but if you just double down and say, yeah, I, I'm going to put 10% towards holidays, I'm going to freaking go all out, I'm going to buy the best meat, and I'm going to buy the best presents, and I'm going to buy the best alcohol, and I'm going to have a blast, and I'm going to, I'm not just going to celebrate New Year's and Christmas. I'm gonna I'm, or New uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas. I'm gonna celebrate from Christmas Eve all the way to New Year's Day, and I'm going to party and spend so as much time as I can just enjoying life and enjoying being. I think you will find that if you do that this year, next year, and the year after that, eventually you will find that this season changes your life that your sense of gratitude and joy and enjoyment will pervade the other 51 weeks out of the year. And if you if you add this to Thanksgiving, you add this to 4th of July and different elements there, I think it would only increase your joy in being. And he came that we would have joy. The life is about having joy. And I think if we can remove the miser stinginess around the holidays and reintroduce the celebration of feasting, that uh, the world might just be a better place for it and your life will certainly be a better place for it. So I hope this has challenged maybe some of you who uh, have had some negative thoughts around Christmas or some questions around, oh, it's a pagan holiday and all this stuff, which I'll talk about next week. But um, hopefully you see the value of feasting and hopefully I've been able to kind of reframe the value of that, the gratitude, and you've been able to touch the energy of, oh my gosh, that would be so cool to take 10% of my income every year and and dedicate it towards partying and towards celebrating life and celebrating people and family and friends. Oh my gosh, that that's that's better than any vacation uh, energetically uh, long-term. And uh, I think if you had a community of people that did that with you, you would find yourselves uh, very much looking forward to those times. And so that's what I want to build in my life and that's what I'm going to attempt to do. And uh, join me. And maybe someday we'll be celebrating Christmas together. So, uh, as always, if you would consider donating. I just had a uh, surprise donation uh, this uh, yesterday, I think, or two days ago. You know who you are. I believe you listen to these episodes. And uh, 
you know, on a regular basis. Thank you so much. And uh, it is really, really appreciated. Any of you who just even ask Spirit if you should donate, um, you know, it's far be it from me to manipulate or to whatever uh, with this question. But if you just ask Spirit if you should donate, I trust Spirit to tell whoever uh, what they need to do. And I trust you guys to do it. So I appreciate it. Um, and I am starting to put together some more concrete concepts for classes, uh, special groups, book studies, and even some uh, series, a podcast series for next year. So I am I am looking forward to this new beginning of life. And uh, in 2020, I will be uh, Lord willing, much more intentional, much more organized with this new age Christian concept. So, uh, stay tuned and, uh, thank you for your support. Thank you for liking, sharing, telling your friends, all this stuff. I was talking to a friend of mine today or yesterday that, uh, it's actually co a different coworker. And, uh, I told him about this, this, uh, gift that I got out of nowhere. And he was like, so wait, what do you do? You know, and I said, I, I, do a podcast and I have a website and you know it's a thought form around kind of new age Christianity and he was like okay that's weird I, I thought you were a stonemason <laughs> you know? and uh, I said you know the thing is is that it's this this concept is so challenging for a lot of people that it's hard for people to share it with their friends and family so the word of mouth thing is uh, taking a little time but I do think uh, those of you who do have the courage to to share it with your friends and family or you're at a place where I think a lot of us just get to the point where we don't care anymore and we're just willing to come out of the closet. Hopefully this podcast has been a resource for you, both for your own journey and maybe to share with some of your friends and family. So we appreciate that as always. And uh, yeah, happy Christmas, Thanksgiving, Halloween, New Year's, feasting, celebrating, and uh, watching the transition of life come and go throughout the year. Hopefully these episodes are reframing the season for you. And uh, looking forward to next week's episode on Christmas. I'm going to do some more research to make sure I'm not just uh, sharing opinions, but I'm sharing a little bit more historical fact and uh, founded thoughts. So uh, looking forward to that. And we will see you on that episode. So have a good day. Have a good week. And talk to you later. <laughs>